Uh, welcome, and um, I encourage you all to really, uh, this morning, to seek God. Um, I was thinking about this in uh, Mark chapter 6, uh, verse 31. Jesus was talking to the disciples, and um, it was after all the... the uh, a lot of ministry was going on and everything. And he said in Matthew 6, 31, he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. So I wanted to read that to you guys, to encourage you guys to, to come away this morning. Come away and be with Jesus. Come away and seek God. Come away and let this time be be a place where you can really focus in on the Lord. Um, sometimes, you know, I don't know about you, sometimes we sit there and there's different thoughts that flow through your mind. You know, what we're going to do after church, or what happened this week, or yesterday, or maybe we think about who's here, who's not, or um, all, all these things can invade our minds, but this morning, we want Jesus to be on our mind. And so I want to encourage you guys to come away. Because this is God calling to us. This is God saying, come away, come away with me, come away. As he called the disciples to go to this deserted place where it's just them, where they could spend time with Jesus. So with that in mind, let's us stand and I'll open up with the word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for this morning and thank you for being here. Thank you for God, that you love us so much that you want to spend time with us. God, let us not be Martha's, but be Mary's today. Lord, let us not be busy about in our minds and our thoughts and our hearts and distracted, Lord, with, with the world, with our own lives, with even problems and trials. May we just put them into your hands and may we just come to you. As your invitation goes out, come away. And so, Lord, I pray for a strong sense of your presence. I pray, God, that you would meet each and every one of us, Lord, right where we're at. And I pray for your Holy Spirit to anoint this time, God, as we seek you. May we hear from you as we worship you and give you our praise and blessings and give you a sacrifice of worship and praise to you. God, may we hear, may we feel, may we... Have your touch upon us right now. So, Lord, we honor you today by putting all of our atten attention on you, our focus, our heart, our mind, everything, Lord, is to seek you and be with you right now. So bless this service in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship him. Come, let us worship our King. Come, let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how His love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great things. 
so much God just for being our loving God God and God nothing compares to you God nothing is no one is like you God thank you so much just for captivating our hearts Lord and helping us Lord to desire you God and we just continue to pray for that Lord in our hearts Lord in our lives God that God you you would be the one Lord that we seek after first Lord. 
God, that we wouldn't turn our eyes to idols, God, that we would see your greatness, Lord, of all the many things that you do for us, God, countless things, God. But we just want to come today, God, with a heart of thanksgiving, Lord, and just with joy, Lord, just knowing, God, how much you love us. Just thank you for the cross, Lord. We just want to continue to dishonor you.
God, you reign. God, you reign. God, you
If the cross brings transformation, then I'll be crucified with you. Cause death is just a doorway into resurrection life. And if I join you in your suffering, then I'll join you when you rise. And when you return in glory with all the angels and the saints, my heart will still be singing, my song will be the same. Oh, Christ be magnified, let His praise arise, Christ be magnified in me. From the altar of my life, Christ be magnified in me. Oh, Christ be magnified, let His praise arise, Christ be magnified in me. Oh, Christ be magnified from the altar of my What a wonderful name it 
in every one of our lives, God. We just fall at your feet, Lord, just waiting to hear from you, God. As we open your word, we just continue to pray, Lord, that your spirit would just minister to us, Lord. God, that we would continue to change our hearts, Lord, our minds, everything, God, to honor you, God, to be more like you, God, to be able to love people, God, and most of all, to love you, God, with all our hearts. So we praise you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What a great time of worship. He touched me. And he continues to touch us and bless us. Um, if you can grab your Bibles, open them up to uh, Psalm 23. We actually come to our last study here. We've been doing a verse-by-verse study, one verse each week in the past five weeks, and this is our sixth study, and we're going to finish up this book uh, today. Um, Before we get into our study, I do want to mention that next Saturday, again, we are going to have a time of prayer. Uh, We're having a prayer meeting from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m., so I invite you guys to come out uh, right right here, actually in the Keiki Church uh, where we met. And so it was a great time yesterday. I really felt the spirit, and um, I was just moved in my own heart as we prayed to the Lord. So next Saturday, 4 to 5 p.m., I invite you guys to come out. Well, here we are, Psalm 23. So I'm going to ask you one more time, as we've been doing every week, to stand, and let's read this whole psalm together. Uh, If you need a Bible, we get an extra one over there, or maybe someone could share Um, But if we can all stand, and we're going to read Psalm 23 from verses 1 through 6 together. All right, so Psalm 23, beginning at verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. 
for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Lord, thank you so much for this beautiful psalm, and thank you for this study these past weeks. And as we come to the very last verse, verse 6, God, we ask for your continual voice that we may hear, God. Lord, your continual voice that we may receive, Lord, what you want to say to us this morning. So speak, God, through your spirit, anoint this time, and we ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You know, I was thinking about how today we face much uncertainty. We, may, we face much trouble today. I mean, every day in the news, there's just so much stuff going on in the world, in our own country, or even in our own community. Uh, it's just sometimes it's, it's too much. Sometimes I just got to, I, I cannot look at the news. I cannot uh, look at it. I just want to be with God at that moment. And one of the things that we've been seeing, haven't we, is the news say that inflation now is up, right? And we, we see that every day. They say that inflation hit a 9.1% high in June, which is, I was blown away by this, which is the fastest increase in prices since November of, guess when, 1981. I mean, this is, this is like historic, right? Even the National Restaurant Association, they say that fast food menu prices are up 7.2%. So if you're getting that Big Mac, that's why it seems like it costs more. Have you heard this, though? Have you heard this term? This term is going around now. It's shrinkflation. Shrink, shrink. Inflation, I can't say it. But have you heard that? It, it, it means at the, at the same price or even more, things are getting smaller. Products, things that we buy in like the grocery store. For example, a bag of Fritos scoops, the party-sized bag, went from 18 ounces down to 15.5 ounces. I mean, the, the same price, but the amount of chips in there are smaller. Tillamook ice cream. How many of you guys like Tillamook? Maybe, I don't know, it's usually expensive, but Tillamook ice cream went down from 56 ounces to a smaller tub of 48 ounces. They say a cotton toilet paper had 340 sheets per, per roll, but now there's only 312. So if you're wondering why your wife is using all the toilet paper, it's not her, there's just less in a row. Folgers coffee downsized from 51 ounces container to 43.5 ounces. And even some of our drinks, like a, a Gatorade bottle that was once 32 ounces, is now 28 ounces and even more expensive. So we're living in a time right now of shrinkflation. With these rising prices, it can be hard. It can be hard to maybe think, are we going to make it today? What's the future going to hold? It can stress us out. It can bring us worry. But there's something we're going to find here in Psalm 23, verse 6 today. 
We have been seeing what the shepherd does for the sheep. And we're going to end this psalm to see that it all comes together, that we have hope for today and tomorrow. And that's the title of our message, Hope for Today and Tomorrow. And as I mentioned, we are going to be studying Psalm 23, verse 6. There's two things in our outline here. Number one is my earthly benefits. Uh, David, the writer, is going to put this out. And number two, my eternal residence. So that's our outline. My earthly benefits, my eternal residence in how we can have hope for today and tomorrow. All right, well, let's begin here with number one, my earthly benefits. My earthly benefits. That's number one in our outline. Take a look with me here now. Psalm 23, verse 6. In the first part, it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And we're going to stop there. That's going to be our first section of our earthly benefits. Now, we come here to the very end of Psalm 23, this Psalm of David. David wrote this. And remember, as we've been studying here every week, that this is really this picture of the relationship of a shepherd and his sheep. But the analogy goes toward, it speaks about how God relates to his people. And that's really the picture here. And as we learn in in the very first verse, right, the Lord is Yahweh. And he is my shepherd. He is my personal shepherd. And so as we come into this last verse, just keep that in mind that we are still talking about a shepherd and his sheep. And we're still talking about God and how he takes care of us personally as his people. And as we know on this side of the cross, that we are his children. We are sons and daughters of God. We're his children. So we begin here in verse 6. And David writes this one word. He says, surely, surely. That word means like certainly. It speaks of this great confidence David has in the shepherd, in his shepherd, Yahweh. Interesting is some translations, even uh, they translate it uh, using the word only. Like, Like think about that. Only goodness and mercy shall follow me. And so it really talks about how For sure, this is what's happening. It's a sure expectation of what God is going to do. And so what is for sure? What is certain? Well, next David says that goodness and mercy shall follow me. Now the word goodness here, it speaks of goodness, or the goodness, we could say, that comes from the good shepherd. The shepherd himself is good. And because he's good, then goodness is going to be into our lives. And that's the idea. The goodness comes from the character of the shepherd. So we know, right, as we talk about that our shepherd is God, we know God is good. His character is good. And so you know what? God will flow goodness into our lives. And that's what Davis is putting out here. And then he says, not just goodness, but he says, and mercy. Mercy, actually in the Hebrew here, it means like loyal love. Some translations even have this unfailing kindness. It's the root word of mercy uh, in the Hebrew is kindness. 
So all of this really speaks of this steady love, this, this kindness toward us, even when, as we use it, even when we fail. Times when we sin against God. And we know this, don't we? That sheep are not perfect. We've been learning that, right? Sheep are stubborn. Um, they're not too smart. They like go do their own thing and wander off, right? And, and they get into trouble in that way. So we understand that sheep are not perfect just like we are perfect. As people of God, we're not perfect. We fail God. We're unfaithful sometimes, even though God is so faithful. We get into the flesh, not walk in the spirit. I mean, there's so many things we understand as sheep of God. We, we fail too. But isn't this great that there's mercy there? So, so David's like, hey, you know, Yahweh, my personal shepherd, God, my shepherd. You know, he gives me mercy too. And we know that. We know how God is patient and merciful even when we sin. So David says, for certain, for sure, you can expect that. Goodness and mercy shall what? Follow me. Will follow me. Not just shall, but will. mean That's what it means. Will for sure follow me. Will pursue me. That's the idea here. The idea is there's no doubt about the goodness and mercy that will be pursuing me. Now, coming into this analogy of the shepherd and the sheep, or just thinking about the sheep, you can say this, and I read this in one commentary, I thought it was good, that the two sheepdogs, right, that pursue me is goodness and mercy. Isn't that a great thought? You know how there's sheepdogs that kind of help, you know, guide help the shepherd and move the sheep and all, yeah? The two sheepdogs are goodness and mercy. And perhaps that's what David was thinking about, the sheepdogs maybe that he had. I like something what John Phillips, the commentator, wrote. He said this, Goodness takes care of my steps. Mercy takes care of my stumbles. I love that, yeah? That is so good. In our walk with God, there's, there's goodness in our steps. God brings that. It pursues us there. In this walk, in this life, God, who is good, brings this goodness. And God's mercy picks us up when we fall. And I love that. I love that thought. His mercy is there. And, and really, I've been saying this maybe almost every week. I don't remember now, either Wednesday or Sunday. But understand, remember, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. I think the enemy today is really putting out upon Christians this, 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 this attitude, this, this oppression of condemnation. But under Christ's blood, 1 John 1, 7, right? Um, uh, that by his, or the blood of Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And so understand it, hold on to that, you guys. And even here we see God's mercy, which leads into his forgiveness and his grace in our life. So, David says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me, shall pursue me. Well, how long? How long does, is that going to go for? Well, what's the next thing that he says here in this first part? All the days of my life. And remember, you remember here in the English it says all. You remember what it means in the, trans, in, in the original language? It means all. Yeah, We're talking about every day of your life. Every single day. 
of your life here on earth now. Surely, for certain, goodness and mercy are going to be pursuing here. So, do you see what David is proposing here? Then what David is saying here, I should say. What David is declaring, he's saying, these are my earthly benefits. This is what God has given me. Goodness and mercy. And you know what? Goodness and mercy, it never runs out. And it never gets exhausted. No, you know, its power doesn't go down and there's no more and no more in the bag, no more goodness, no more mercy. No, it, it is continually filled and continually following you all the days, every single day of your life. I was reading, um, I don't know if you guys catch this, I guess, I don't know, maybe it's me because I'm getting older, but you kind of think about this. But I was reading how social security benefits the the article was saying look like they're gonna run out by 2034 the headline of the article was this running out of money faster than expected and the reasons they give an article is like the covid pandemic the 2020 recession and and even on the social security website it says this it's not sustainable over the long term at current benefit and tax rates so Social Security is not so secure. Yeah. I mean, we've been seeing that and hearing that for a while now, and who knows what the government will do as we come to that time. But here's something that we don't need to be afraid of if you're worried about even that. We don't have to be afraid of Social Security running out. We don't have to be afraid of, of problems in our life. We don't have to be afraid of of, of goodness and mercy running out in our lives. We can be secure because for sh- certain, surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. So David is saying this, and this is our point in this first section. No matter what comes in this life, I can count on the Lord my shepherd to bring about goodness and mercy. I'll say that again. No matter what comes in this life, I can count on the Lord, my shepherd, to bring about goodness and mercy. You guys, this is what David is declaring. Understand this in this verse today. This is what he's saying. Now, for me, I look at verse 6, and to me, this is, this is the Old Testament version of the New Testament verse, Romans 8, 28. And we know that, don't we? I'll read it to you. I think it'll be on your screen. And this is the New King James Version because my head is still in that, though we're studying ESV. It says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purposes. We know this verse, don't we? I mean, to me, that this is actually my life first. I, ever since I was a teenager, this was the one really impacted my life and I held on to. Well, verse 6, this first part of Psalm 23 is like the Old Testament version of Romans 8, 28. That we know all things, yeah? All the days of my life, all things work together for what? Good, yeah? And so the goodness... And mercy of God will follow me, will pursue me. This is our assurance, you guys. And whatever you face in your life, whatever it is, whatever you're going through, whatever trouble, whatever you've been through, whatever 
might be around the corner. Whatever you're fearful of, whatever you're stressed out about, you know what? All things work together for good. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. What follows is God's, you know what, good work. That's what it is. What follows is God's good work in it. He is sovereignly working and mercifully works in our life. That no matter what those issues are, no matter even our own failures, God's mercy is there to still work in our lives. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, when I was first studying this and I was getting into, oh, yeah, surely, for certain, yeah, yeah, Lord. And then goodness and mercy, yeah, they're, they're, it's going to be there. It's going to pursue me, yeah, all the days of my life. And then I was thinking about, I came into mind, of course, you know, problems that I'm going through, stresses that I have, worries, you know, uh, uh, the attack of Satan, just things going on. And perhaps you're thinking that right now. Perhaps you're going, but wait, wait, wait. Where's the good in that? Yeah? Where's the good in this? Where's the good in this situation I'm in right now? I don't see any good right now. I don't see that. And sometimes in our condemnation that sometimes I struggle with too, you know, it's like, oh God, I I don't see mercy, but I'm so blinded in my own self-condemnation and Satan, you know, pushing you down. And so where where is that good? I mean, we struggle, don't we? Where's that good in, wow, losing my job? I got laid off right now and inflation is high. Oh, right now, my income is going to be cut. Lord, what's going on? Where's the good in that? Where's the good in me getting cancer? Yeah. Or fighting this disease that I can't get over. Where's the good in my marriage falling falling apart? Where's the good in, in, in my kids rebelling or or all oh, the stock market crash and my retirement is going down to zero? Where's the good in that? Yeah. Where's the good in this person's angry at me? Satan's attack and oppression. Where, where is that? Where is that, Lord? Where's the good in this death of my loved one? But what is David saying here? He's saying that no matter what comes in this life, David's saying, I can count on my shepherd, the Lord, to, to bring about some goodness and mercy. What is Romans 8, 28 saying? That All things, not some things, not most things, but all things, everything in my life, whether good or bad, they are going to work together for His good and His glory. So know that God is working even in the midst of those hard and difficult times. I have to say, right, I mean, we've been, as a church, struggling because of that tragic death of our beloved Lane. And that's been difficult. I've been talking to people. I've been talking to Dean and family. It's, it's, it's difficult. But did you know Lane's life verse was Romans 8, 28? And in talking with Naoko and all, we, we, we're seeing God work miracles. That out of this tragedy, God is working some good to his glory. And one of the main things I, I see is that After his death, the next day, Naoko's sister accepted Jesus. So, and we don't know everything else that's going on, and tragic as it is, and and, and the loss in our own hearts. But what we know is, wow, God, somehow you can turn this around in something so hard and hurtful, but you can take it and use it for good and for your glory. 
And so do you see now as David saying, look, for certain goodness and, and mercy, they're going to follow me all the days of my life, no, no matter what. David's saying you can count on the Lord, that he has the power, that he has a sovereign means to work things out. And you know, this even includes, think about this, this even includes your own sin, your own failure. It, it includes that. What's all things? It doesn't say, well, God works together all things, but your sin and failure for good. All things includes even our own failure and sin, even, even when someone sins against you. And you're underneath those consequences. God is powerful enough to do a miracle to bring about good, even if evil has been done to you. Do you remember Joseph, his life? It wasn't all peachy, fun, clean, right? You know what his brothers did and betraying him and turning him over yeah, and selling him as a slave and all that he went through. But in the end of that story about him in Genesis 50, do you remember what he told his brothers? He told his brothers in Genesis 50, 20, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for what? Good. The goodness of God and mercy shall follow me. Think about these two dogs, right? Goodness and mercy. They're following. They're pursuing. But what comes first, right? It's the hard times. It's the trouble. It's, it's those things that, that hurts us. It's our failures. But what follows after God does this work and work it all together in His sovereignty? Goodness and mercy. That's God's working, guys. That's His power. That, that's the miracle that He does in our lives. And that's why David could say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That's how he can be so confident, certainly. Because it's God who works this together. I was thinking about, I don't, I don't cook. I, um, I was joking with someone, oh, and it's my turn to cook? Oh, I, I just go take out. <laughs> you know, but I was thinking about how, like, say you guys like to bake, you know, and say... You take this re recipe for, say, just a simple sugar cookie. And I looked this up. So the ingredients, right? All-purpose flour, a teaspoon of baking soda, uh, salt, white sugar, two large eggs, a two-teaspoon vanilla extract, and a quarter cup of white sugar for decorations. That was the recipe that I saw. Now, if you were to taste each thing separately, it, it probably, you're not going to like it, Yeah. I mean, flour is like, you know, kind of thing. Huh? Baking soda is going to taste bad. Salt, oh, salt. Maybe the white sugar would be good. Yeah? Two large raw eggs, I don't know about that. Maybe vanilla extract. But most of it is going to taste pretty bad. But what happens when you mix it together? Yeah? You heat it up, cook it in the fire. It comes out good, and you have a good-tasting sugar cookie. Well, think about that. In the same way, that's how God works all things together. Individually, it's not great. Individually, it's really bad. It, it, it can give you that bad taste. 
But when he works all things together, and sometimes it's the fire also that we go through, right? When he works it together, it comes out good. Good for, for his, his good and his glory. So here's our hope for today. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you've gone through, no matter if you don't understand it totally, that's okay. But what we do know is that surely goodness and mercy will follow me. Somehow God's going to work out some good for his glory out of these tragedies, out of this trial, out of my failures, out of, through his mercy, he picks me up and gives me grace and forgives me. I can go on somehow. He'll do it. So we have hope today in God that whatever's happening, you know what's going to follow? Goodness and mercy. You know, I've been holding on to this. Um, uh, I was thinking about this this morning. It's not going to be on the screen, but I've been holding on to this in my troubles and failures. Phillips Brooks said this, Faith does not say, I see this is good for me, therefore God must have sent it. Instead, faith declares, God sent it, therefore it must be good for me. That's our trust in God. That's our trust that, oh, goodness and mercy will follow me even through this time. And that's where we find our hope and our peace. One more thing I'll give you in this section, uh, the Holocaust survivor, Corey Temboom. She said this, look around and be distressed. Look within and be depressed. Look to Jesus and be at rest. Oh, child of God, the Lord is calling to you and say, be at rest. Be at rest. It's okay. I'm taking care of you. It's all right. Trust me. No matter how it looks, no matter how it feels, be at rest. That's our hope for today. And even tomorrow. All right, let's move on here. We've seen number one, my earthly benefits. Let's go to number two now, my eternal residence. My eternal residence. And here we're going to finish up the last part of verse six. And this is the last part of Psalm 23. So David says here at the very end of verse six, and... I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So here's David. He finishes up this psalm with these first two words, or three words, I, I should say. And I shall. And let me say again, I will for sure. He's writing with the certainty once again, with this greatest of confidence in his shepherd. And so he says, and I shall dwell. The word dwell in the Hebrew is shrub, and it means to settle down. In other words, it means to make a home. It means to find your home, your residence. And so where's that? He said, I'm going to make my home. I'm going to, my residence, my place, my home will be where? In the house of the Lord. Now, David here is not talking about the temple here. He's not talking about that at all. But he's talking about the home of God, which is where? Heaven, which is heaven, eternity. 
And so David is saying, my home is going to be ending up where the shepherd's home is, the Lord's home. And where is that home? Heaven. Now, as we think about this analogy we've been seeing here in this whole psalm with the shepherd and the sheep, to me it makes sense. Remember, in the, in the springtime, they're in the lower fields, yeah? and they're grazing, and then when summer comes around, that's going to dry up. So, so that the shepherd leads them, what? Through the valley of the shadow of death, verse 4, right? To get to what? We learn the highlands, right? And we learn in verse 5, the tablelands, the higher elevations where, where, where there's more moisture and where it's cooler and the grass is green. And so in the springtime during the lower fields, they go through the valley of the shadow of death. Then they go up to the tablelands, the highlands we saw in verse 5 last week. And then after that, when fall comes, they head into, heading into the time of winter, the shepherd will lead the sheep uh, back to, you know what, home, to the home ranch for the fall and winter. So then the shepherd brings the sheep back home. They're safely brought home and then to live during the winter with the shepherd. That's, that's the picture here. So David is saying, you know what, when this life is over, when this life on earth is over, God will take him to his residence in heaven. God's home will be David's home in eternity. That's the idea right at the end here. So you can see this flow with the shepherd and the sheep, but for us, God's people, it's God taking us to the home ranch, taking us home to be with him into eternity. Turn to, uh, into the New Testament for a moment to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. John chapter 14. In the New Testament, John 14. Why don't you look at verses 1 through 3 here. Verses 1 through 3. Jesus is speaking and he says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Verse 2. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And what is that place? Heaven. And if I go prepare and go prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, where I am you may be also. So you see that, that, I mean, we talk about the rapture here too. I've mentioned that in our study in Revelation. But whether it's the rapture or whether it's, it's the end of life here on earth, what do we see? That Jesus will come and take us home to be with him in heaven. So here's David. You can go back to Psalm 23 saying, I'm going to live I will live in God's house. I will live in his home. And so we have this assurance that when time comes, Jesus brings us home. Back to Psalm 23, verse 6. And how long will this last? Well, I kind of leaked that out, didn't I? But at the end of verse 6, it says what? Forever. And forever is forever. Forever is all into eternity. God's not going to kick you out of the house. You won't lose your lease. 
you won't be at a place where you can't pay rent and got to move. None of that. No foreclosures, nothing. It's permanent and secure. And so David is saying, heaven will surely be my, and our heading, eternal residence. That's what David is saying. This is my eternal residence. You know what I love about how this ends, how Psalm 23 ends? I, I, I just love it. Remember how it began. This psalm opened, right, with this great basic declaration, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Yahweh, my personal shepherd, is, is all I want, is all I need. It's him. It's, I, 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 all I want is, is, is my shepherd. If I'm with him, God's going to take care of me. And then this psalm ends with this declaration. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love that. The shepherd is all I want. And guess what? I'm, at the end, I'm going to be with God. The person that I've always wanted the most. See, from this life here on earth into eternity, God is that loving shepherd that takes care of us from beginning to end. From, from when, we're, when we're born, when we come, in, come to Jesus, to, through our life here, all the way to our death here on earth, into eternity, the shepherd is taking care of us. And in the end, he will bring us home. So our last point here, is this. David is saying, when this life on earth is done, I can count on the Lord, my shepherd, to bring me home to heaven. When this life on earth is done, I can count on the Lord, my shepherd, to bring me home to heaven. I was thinking about this a few months ago. Um, I can't remember, maybe three months ago or so, my, my truck was... Um, making a really bad sound. The engine was, was really bad. And we, we were already heading downtown and uh, we had to run some errands and it was just making this bad noise. And, and, but it was still going. And I was like, oh no. But, and we had to run around for a bit. And then, and then we headed back up the hill. And you know, I don't know if you guys have those moments when your car's not running well and you're just praying. Yeah, I'm like praying, Lord, keep it going, Lord. Praying, what's going on? Oh, praying, heal my, heal the truck, heal, you know, even those prayers. And, and, um, and we headed back the hill, and, and this, and a similar kind of um, situation happened before. So I'm just praying, Lord, I, I gotta get back, I gotta get back. So I'm just praying. And, and then all of a sudden, as we, you know, went up the hill, pulled off uh, to go Pukalani to go home, it just, it suddenly got louder, and it just sounded even worse. And, and, uh, and I'm coming up Yolani, and then I, I turn on uh, uh, Ehilani, our street where our house is, and it, as I'm coming toward the house, all of a sudden it got quiet. And I'm like, at my first thought, oh, Lord, did you heal it? But then the power steering was really hard. It was hard to turn the truck. What happened was the fan belt, later I, I got it fixed, the fan belt shredded and broke. So the noise I was hearing was the fan belt, you know, the, the shreds hitting and everything. And then when it went quiet, the fan belt just broke and, and it went quiet. Well, it broke right near our house. So I was able to muscle the steering, you know, and pull the, the truck into the, the driveway. And, 
and, and um, I got it fixed and everything. But you know what? When we made it home, I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I thank God that we made it all the way home, that God somehow kept it all together. Because we were driving around down Palm, you know, at different stops. And then we were going back up the hill. But I thank God we weren't, like, broken down in the, you know, the middle of Hana Highway or going up the hill or, or you know, in, in the middle like that. But at least if it's at home, I could try and troubleshoot and have someone come fix and all that. But I thank God that, that it broke right when we were pulling up to the house. God got us home. And you know what? That's the Lord for you and I as children of God. He'll get us home. We're saved by his blood. He promises if we believe in him, we will be resurrected too. We will have life. Yeah? He's told us in, in the promise in John 3.16, right? If we believe in him, we'll have eternal life. We believe in Jesus. God will get us home. We won't be broken down, left on the side, stranded. So understand that. God will get you home. Oh, child of God. And I'll tell you, this is fresh for us, isn't it? With Lane's passing. It's, it's fresh. The tragic shock of his death, hard to understand. But we know this thing for sure. We know this thing for sure. Lane is in heaven right now. God has brought him home safely. God has safely brought him home. So know this from beginning to end. As we finish Psalm 23, if you can see that Yahweh, your shepherd, can take care of you here on this earth, yeah, your life here, God will also take care of you when it's time to go. And he will bring you safely home, to his home in heaven. I read about um, this account uh, in the church of a Welsh preacher, D. Martin Lloyd-Jones. He's a really awesome preacher, uh, teacher. He was going to be a medical doctor, and God called him. And he said, oh, you know, God's calling me not to heal physical souls but spiritual souls so anyway in in this church d martin lord jones in his church there was a man named harry woods after prayer meeting uh harry woods told lord jones i'm going home a very disappointed man the pastor was taken back for god had really moved greatly in the service and uh harry woods explained i wanted to go to heaven straight from the meeting he said, but it wasn't to be, and now I'm just going to my old home. I can't help but feel disappointed. Well, more than a, a year after, later, there was another prayer meeting, and the pastor had asked Harry Woods to actually open up the meeting. And his prayer, it was written, it was described as uh, something that seemed to lead us to the very gates of heaven, and, and a kind of awe fell upon us. Then as Henry, uh, uh, Harry Wood sat down and others began to pray, a strange whistling kind of breathing was heard, and it got louder and louder and then stopped. Everyone opened their eyes to see two men catch Harry Woods as he fell over. They carried him out into the foyer. The pastor went out and returned to inform everyone that Harry Woods had gone to his eternal home with the Lord. 
And so it's written, none of us was surprised. They said, for as he prayed, he had seemed to be there already. When time comes, God will safely bring us I think this psalm has been amazing. I hope as we've been standing up every week reading it that, that it's in your mind and maybe you have it memorized. But I hope this will be in your heart, this whole psalm and all the things we've studied and talked about, that whether it's in this life or whether when it's time to die and we go to heaven, that God is there with you. I want to close with something D.L. Moody, the famous American evangelist, wrote. And he wrote this about Psalm 23. With me is the Lord. Beneath me is green pastures. Beside me is still waters. Before me is the table. Around me are my enemies. After me is goodness and mercy. Ahead of me is the house of the Lord forever and ever. So this is Psalm 23. Such a wonderful, deep, and encouraging, and hopeful study. Let's pray. God, as we come to a close here in Psalm 23, we thank you for this psalm. God, we thank you for David writing it. We thank you for how it speaks to us today, Lord. Even though so long ago it was written, today it's still relevant. Today, it's still something that moves our hearts and gives us hope, something that comforts us, something that heals us. It's your truth, Lord, of your word that, that helps us to keep going, to, tr- to trust in you, to have faith, Lord. And so, God, may Psalm 23 be one of those verses, one of those psalms that we, we do run to, that we open when we're going through those heavy things in life, God. Lord, we are not immune to that. And it's hard, God, to have rest and peace and joy in the midst, but but we can find a little oasis here in this psalm, and I pray that that's what this will be. And even today, God, as we looked at how surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, God, may we hang on to those words. Even when we can't see the goodness or your mercy in it, God, may we hang on in faith knowing that all things do work together for good. That you're working your purpose in our lives and those around us in this whole world and earth, God, that you are sovereign over. May our eyes be put upon you, God, and nothing else. May you, as we sang earlier, reign, Lord, Rain in our lives. Rain in the times when the the, uh, storms are blowing, God. Rain over our sorrows. Rain over, God, the troubles and and the the oppression we face. Rain when the enemy attacks, God. Be our sovereign God who reigns. Thank you, Jesus. As your Eyes are closed, heads bowed. I want to pray for you if you're going through struggles, if there's things you're wrestling with, if it's, if it's been hard. 
I want you to maybe acknowledge to the Lord that God, it, it's been hard, but Lord, I want to have faith in you. And I want your message today come into my heart and help me through this, Lord. I'm going through the valley of the shadow, Lord. But help me, God. Help me know that you are with me, that I, I, I do not need to fear no evil. If you're struggling this morning, I want you to just put up your hand and just acknowledge to the Lord that, that you need help and you want to give to him your troubles. Anyone here? Anyone here? If you're online, you can give us a, a little chat or even just put your hand up before the Lord. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Life isn't perfect here. But God wants to, to touch you and God wants to help you here. Lord, I pray for um, those who raise their hands and pray for anyone online who is struggling that right now, God, you would, you would be their strength, God, that you would come by your spirit and touch them. That in the struggles that they're going through, that you would give them assurance, Lord, that you are there. Touch them, God. Give them a strong sense of your presence. Lord, let them know that, that you will take care of them. That you are their shepherd and you will protect them. That your rod and staff is with you. Lord, I pray for anyone in their struggles that you, you would help them through, Lord, with strength, with ability, God. Lord, we know that trials are part of our life and, and troubles will come. And though we pray they won't come, Lord, we should be praying that you give us strength to get through. And that's what I pray for right now. I pray for your healing, God with the struggles going inside our heads and hearts. I pray for your forgiveness for our failings, Lord, for anyone here, God, who's struggling with that. I pray for your mercy and grace upon us all, that daily you would, you would come and be our God, even, even when we're not faithful and having faith, Lord. But you're faithful and continuing to work. And so, Lord, I pray for each person right now whether online or here, that you help us keep our eyes locked upon you. And I pray that even in the storms we're in, that we may walk on water, Lord. So work together all these things, God, and do a miracle, God. Work your miracles. Thank you, Jesus, for being here and hearing us. In Jesus' name, amen.